Hello, my friends. Welcome to Worship for Carmen United Church this June 21st of 2020. I'm the pastor here of this church, Reverend Nick Phillips, and I welcome you for worship this day as we come and celebrate Jesus together. Now, as we prepare our hearts for worship, I just invite you to take a moment to silence your your heart as we prepare to worship our God. Let us pray. Lord God, we gather today to experience worship in your presence. Though we are watching this, whenever we're watching this, though we're watching this from wherever we are watching from, we know your spirit is right here with us wherever we are worshiping you. We know that your spirit draws us close even though we are spread apart. But it draws us close to one another and also to yourself. So we pray your blessing upon this time of worship and all who watch it with us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In our scripture reading today, we are getting close to the end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount found in the Gospel of Matthew. And today we pick up at Matthew 7, verses 15 to 23. Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but are inwardly ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to join me in prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, we gather today to surround ourselves by your presence, but also to hear your word for us. So, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Over the last few weeks, there's been a lot of attention paid to police officers. It all began with the cop who murdered George Floyd just a few weeks ago by pushing his knee into his neck for over eight minutes until he could breathe no more. We've heard stories over and over again about police who use excessive force to harm and even kill black people, regardless of the crime that was committed, big, small, or any crime at all. So uh, police violence is nothing new to us. But the last month has brought the police force under a microscope, And people are not liking what they see. They don't like how police are treating what seem to be peaceful protests. They certainly don't like the news that in the last week, two indigenous people have been shot in New Brunswick. 
They don't like the stories we're hearing of how the RCMP treat First Nations people, particularly in, say, Manitoba. They don't like how black people and people of color seem to be disproportionately targeted by police and traffic stops. All of this and and all the other stories we're hearing of police violence has tainted police officers with with the reputation of being racist and corrupt. I know a few police officers. The ones I know, they are good, community-minded, family people. So I know all cops are not bad cops. In fact, I'm pretty confident that good cops easily outnumber bad cops. But what is that saying? A few to few bad apples spoil the whole bunch, the whole barrel. That's kind of what we're seeing with police forces. A few bad cops are corrupting the whole of police the whole police force. No matter how many good cops there are, just a few bad cops is all it takes to make the whole place look rotten. And by having a few bad cops in the ranks, it even causes some of the good cops to make bad decisions. And then it begins to spread. Over the last week, I've read a number of stories of good cops who tried to report and stop bad cops, only to find themselves assigned to unfavorable duties, to find themselves bullied by their coworkers, and even eventually find themselves out of a job. Which is why there needs to be a change. There needs to be a change from the top to the bottom. Not just in our police forces, but among many other things as we, as we try to weed out, to rid ourselves of the racism that is in our society, that is ingrained into our society. Our systems need to change so that the good cops are able to take care and remove the bad cops. Jesus ended off our reading last week saying those who want to find and follow God, they need to enter through through the narrow gate that leads to a road that is challenging, a road we tend to travel, if not alone, at least in small groups. Now we're getting to the last few phrases of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gives to his followers. And Jesus is really starting to challenge us about how we act and how we think in the world. And he's putting into terms that reflect how these actions impact our relationship with God. Today, Jesus expands a bit on this. He comes with a warning. He warns us about those who try to come in and deceive us, those wolves in sheep clothing. And he tells us that we'll know their intentions by their fruit. He says good, healthy trees, they produce good, healthy fruit. If a tree is diseased in some way, the fruit it produces, well, it's not good. So what do we do with those diseased trees that produce bad fruit? We cut them down, we destroy them. Because if we don't, then we're putting the rest of the orchard 
at risk, that the disease can spread into our healthy trees and destroy them as well. If someone is coming towards us, such as a police officer, we want to be able to trust them because police, they're an authority in our society. And we learn to trust people by how they act, how they conduct themselves. So if the police officer coming to me is respectful, if the police officer is, is professional, then I'll trust. But if they come differently, if they approach with an attitude, if they're, if they're angry, if their hand is on their gun, then there's clearly something wrong and I need to be really, really careful about the interaction. We know how the officer acts, their intention. This is the warning Jesus gives. We know the heart of the person who is coming by how they act, how they carry themselves, how they speak, how they treat people. Jesus says we'll know them by their fruit. Now there's another place in the Bible where it it talks about the fruit that we produce. And we can turn to Paul's letter to the Galatians, in particular, Galatians chapter 5, verses 15, uh, 16 to 26. Paul writes this to the church. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want. But if you were led by the Spirit, you were not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, they are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Paul writes. Paul is talking about essentially the same thing. If we are producing good fruit, then we are in step with the Holy Spirit. We are in step with Jesus Christ. And he warns us about that bad fruit, which he attributes to our flesh. By this, he's referring to the sinful nature of humankind. Our desires are often to satisfy the needs of our flesh instead of the needs of our spirit, which is what connects us to God, not our flesh. He lists those undesirable fruits of the flesh. 
He calls it sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, he says. When you look at this list, it's pretty well a list of what we see in the news these days. We could even take some of these things and associate them with a particular world leader, but I'm not going to go there today. All of these things are sins of the flesh. All of these are things which break down relationships and cause harm to people. All of these things work against what God is trying to do through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So, what is the good fruit then? Paul lists them for us very helpfully. He says, Your love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He says there's no law against any of these things. These are good signs. These are good things. These are signs that we are in step with God through our relationship with Jesus Christ and filled by the Holy Spirit. These are the things we strive for. If these things become the fruits of our lives, then God is pleased. And Jesus says we can recognize good prophets from bad prophets by their fruits. Jesus offers us an additional warning. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Let's just stop Jesus there for a second. Are you saying that not everyone who calls you Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven? This seems kind of harsh. What, what hope, what, what chance do we have then if this is the case? But he keeps talking. Jesus says, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Well, that's a little better. We need to do the will of God. It makes a little more sense for us. But then he goes on. He says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then Jesus says, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So he says, there are people who are do going to be doing things in his name that he will reject. What is Jesus saying to us? What hope does this give us? I think we need to reflect on something we talked about a few weeks ago. We need to go back in the Sermon on the Mount to Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Jesus says, 
Beware of those practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. He goes on to condemn people who offer big public prayers and those who make big shows of how much money they give. Why? Because he is questioning the intent of their hearts. Are they making these big public prayers for their own benefit? Are they making big donations to the church so people can come and celebrate them? What is the intent of your heart when you claim to be doing something in the name of the Lord? Now, I could come in and I could drop a huge check and say, God told me to do it. And I could receive all kinds of attention. But if I do that, who is that bringing glory to? Is it bringing glory to God or is it seeking to bring glory to myself? If our intent is to bring glory to God, if our heart is telling us to be obedient to what God is asking us to do, then we don't do it for our own glory. We do it out of love and duty to God. And then we are humbling ourselves to serve God. And when we're doing that, we don't need the attention. Sure, we might get some once in a while, might feel good, but simply serving God and letting the fruit of our, uh, letting the fruits of our spirit be shared, then that's reward enough. We don't need a big press conference. We don't need awards or plaques or statues. We don't need anything like that. The knowledge, just knowing that God's work is being done, that's reward enough. Humility is hard, but it's important. It's hard because the world tells us to strive for greatness, to strive for recognition. I mean, take a look at social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you know, Twitter, YouTube, all these things. It's all about how many followers you have. It's all about how many likes you get, how many views you have. It's about going viral and getting lots and lots of attention. But Jesus says something different. Jesus says, take the hard road through the narrow gate because that is the way to life. Jesus says, produce good fruit. Be humble, follow him, walk with him, and receive the rewards not of this world, but the reward of heaven. Now, every once in a while, it is a good idea to take a look at our lives and see what kind of fruit we produce. Is it good fruit? Would Jesus be pleased? Or is there something in us that is spoiling the good work that God wants to do. Now, the good news is God won't throw us out if we produce bad fruit. There is time to change. Jesus has come so that we may be healed 
and return to producing good fruit. Jesus even talks about giving trees a second chance in a parable later on. Jesus wants to bring healing into our lives so that we can live for God and produce good fruit. Now, when we look at those uh, fruits of the flesh, those rotten fruits of the flesh that Paul talks about in Galatians 5, if any of those sound just a little too familiar to you, then look to Jesus to help remove it from your life, to make more room for the good fruit to grow. Ask Jesus to heal you of these things, to remove the bad fruit. Ask him to show you, where does this come from? And how do I get rid of it? And he'll do it because he wants you to produce good fruit. He wants you to receive the reward he offers in heaven. Jesus didn't come to condemn us. He wants us to say, Lord, Lord. He wants us to do all kinds of good things in his name. And he wants to share in our success by bringing healing into our lives, which in turn brings healing to our homes, our families, our churches, our communities. God's healing can come through us. So won't you invite the Holy Spirit of Jesus into your life today to bring healing into your life, to remove those rotten fruits of the flesh, and replace them with the good fruits of God. Jesus loves you. He wants to be part of your life. And he will, when we simply realize we cannot do anything on our own, but only by his Spirit. By his Spirit, all things are possible in our lives and around the world. Thanks be to God Amen. I invite you now just to take a few moments with me in prayer, would you? Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, we are here to worship you today from wherever we are. Wherever we are, God, Lord Jesus, you are right here with us. So we ask you to speak your words of love and peace. We ask you to Remove the bad fruit which separates us from our Father in heaven. And replace it with the good fruit you bring. Jesus, if, if there's anything that we need to remove from our lives in order to, to be closer to you, we ask you to show us right now. We open ourselves to the, to the grace, to the mercy you offer so that we, we don't need to be ashamed but just to be simply welcoming of your healing. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you do not give up on us. You pursue us. You invite us to know you. And it is our choice how we respond. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your church, which has never really closed, but continues to explore ways in which we can share your love with the community and the people who are around us. In this time of drastic change, we ask you to guide us as we uh, explore options for reopening, whenever that may be. As we explore options as to what it means to be church in the world, a world that changed in an instant, it seems, but continues to change rapidly around us, seemingly 
each and every day. We pray particularly for our church council of this church as we meet later this week to begin to formulate this plan for reopening, whatever and whenever that may be. May you give our council wisdom and guidance as they meet and discuss and discern the way forward. Jesus, we continue to pray today for black, for indigenous, and for people of color as we seek to find ways to stand with them in order to end racism in our world. Give us the courage to humble ourselves and have the difficult discussions that need to happen. Give us strength to speak against the racist acts and words when we hear them and when we see them. Give us ears to listen and learn from brothers and sisters as they share their stories. Be with them, Lord Jesus, in this time of healing in our land as we, as we seek to walk with them, to bring healing to their lives and to bring healing even to ourselves as racism is taken away from us. It is removed from us as it is ended for all. We pray today for our country as we see more and more places begin to open as restrictions ease during this pandemic. We pray that as we adjust here in Nova Scotia to a much wider reopening of our families and our communities, that all will be safe. May you give us your protection from this virus as we continue to see communities open back up. May the virus be held back. May, may it be eradicated so that no more may suffer. Jesus, we pray for all others in our lives today in need of prayer. We think of our families. We think of our loved ones, our friends. We think of those who are sick and alone. We think of those who mourn. God, may you bless them with your presence. May you be with them in these trying times, these changing times, these challenging times, these anxious times. Lord, we turn all of our prayers to you for ourselves, for our loved ones, our church, our community, our world. We just offer them all to you this day. And we also join together with you and saying together the prayer that you have taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And again, I thank you for joining us from wherever you are. Please drop us a note. Let us know where you're at and if there's anything we can pray for, for you in your life. We would be very happy to do so. So let us go forth from this time of worship. In the name of our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God in each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.